0: You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Fall is officially here, and Midco SN's coverage of the best sports this season has to offer is very much in full swing, especially from a UND perspective. Stay tuned for live coverage of UND hockey, football, and volleyball this month, plus the return of North Dakota Hockey Central beginning this Friday night at 7 p.m. before the puck drops on a new season against Canisius. It's all on Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Yes, welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast. Taping this on a Monday morning, October the 7th, in Sioux Falls. We're in the Midco SN studios in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, alongside Bill Chaves. I'm Alexander Bill. We're here for summer League meetings and, and Basketball Media Day. A lot of good stuff going on here in the, uh, the biggest city in South Dakota today.
1: Yeah, I can't remember if it was Cliff Clavin or Newman it, that said the mail just keeps on coming. The pods keep on coming. It doesn't matter where we are, we have got to get the pod out.
0: I feel like i I know that wasn't Newman because Newman didn't believe in that. Wasn't Newman's big thing. He doesn't work in the rain. It's raining outside. I don't work when it rains. I'm guessing Clavin, I'm going to go with Clavin think I think so? Costanza in that yeah. exchange says immediately, Whether rain or sleet, it's the first one! It's the first
1: one. It was great. It was great. Those two (laughs) mail carriers are really... Just legends, aren't they? <laughs> sitcom legends, yes,
0: yes, they are. Oh man, I love it. We didn't plan this. I love this is what you know. This, this is what's so much fun about these podcasts. Sometimes you never know where it's going to go. I'm that, glad we're talking about famous sitcom characters. That's right now.
1: exactly right. But what a heck of a weekend, huh?
0: Oh, I would say a successful homecoming, really, for yeah. the University of North Dakota. A lot of fun, even though the weather canceled the parade. I know there were still a lot of a lot of fireworks and a lot of fun things yeah, that were going on Thursday smart, through Saturday. Especially smart
1: decision on the parade. I, I mean it was uh it would have been really chilly out there didn't make a whole lot of sense and so a smart decision uh by our folks on campus and uh you know the uh the couple of award um, uh, ceremonies that i went to the Mm -hmm. sue awards on thursday you know, basically the highest honor, right? That that an individual an alum can can get from the university. It's just it's amazing the uh, the careers that that some of uh, our alums have had. It's just it's just remarkable. So and then followed that up with the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it was just great, Alex. I I you know, and it's it really is not hyperbole. I I it is as good an evening as you can get, and it kind of reminds you why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. And we're thankful to bring folks back. And uh, I thought it was just outstanding um our folks did a fantastic job uh you know Val Sussex and and her crew uh with the alumni foundation Kyle Doperalski um MCing it and just you can just tell how much it means to folks and yeah. it's just uh and it's really really special
0: yeah my favorite moment probably of the weekend was you and loyal after he received the Honorary Letter Winner's Award with the cowboy hat on your head. And that's, talk about a moment in time captured on film. It was pretty special stuff.
1: It, it was pretty good. I, <laughs> I was saying afterwards, thank God one of my degrees is from Oklahoma State. So, so I'm good. I, I, I'm i good. Although the hat kind of drowned me just a bit, but um, it probably need a, uh, either I need a larger dome or a smaller, a hat, a smaller one of the hat, but uh, it was great. It made it
0: even better. I it was fun. It. No, it was fun. No, fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, really, really fun weekend. And again, a successful weekend, which we're going to get to in a little bit because there is a bunch to unpack from a busy week in UND Athletics and get things to going. you know, get things set up for another busy week ahead. Uh, one of the reasons though, you're obviously here, Summit League meetings going on, meeting with fellow athletic directors. Uh, Again, all the basketball coaches are here, of course. Uh, Kind of talk me through so far. You've kind of had a day, a little bit, to kind of chat and get into this with the rest of your peers in the Summit. Kind of talk us through what some of these what are, what are the big talking points right now that you're meeting about this? Yeah,
1: week? so um, I think last year because of the move uh, from uh, Chicago uh, area to Sioux Falls with the Summit League offices, it made a whole lot of sense to bring the basketball coaches in and do the media day, which is going to happen this morning. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, there's a schedule of you know all of the coaches will will meet with the media today, and I think it's that's good stuff and it kind of kicks off the year, if you will. So with that, we come in the day before and the administrators, uh, senior women administrators and athletic directors, along with the uh, commissioner and his staff will meet with, uh, so first we met with the men's coaches and then we brought in the women's coaches. And so, you know, you you just go, mainly you kind of, you know, discuss some of the you know, things that are going on probably with the game itself. Let's start there. And then, you know, you're always tried and true conversation about scheduling and officials. I mean, that it never, you know, those always are like evergreen. That that That's what ends up happening. Um, but I think, you know, Obviously, with the St. Thomas news, we'll end up having those conversations uh, really this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So that, that the conversations about how that will uh, um, affect the league moving forward, I think that will be some of the conversation. And then we, you know, again, when you're in a multi-sport league, you end up discussing all the sports, yeah. and so uh, it's just not about basketball. Although that obviously will dominate, given the fact that there's a, a media day uh, here today.
0: Yeah, the Media Day, uh, if you're curious, by the way, and when you listen to this, this will have already aired live, but Midco SN is partnering with the Summit to kind of give you a recap of what happened during Media Day, a two-hour special that's coming up on Monday night from 7 to 9. It'll be replayed quite a bit, so as you listen to this on a Tuesday, just check your local listings or check out YouTube. The whole thing will be posted online on Midco SN's YouTube account, a cool preview of the upcoming men's and women's basketball seasons in the Summit League. You mentioned the St. Thomas news. That, of course, kind of the big news around the league this past week on Friday, that news broke, that they had, ex- well, ex- essentially been, the Summit League extended an invitation for them to join, and it appears like they have started the wheels in motion to make the transition from D3 up to D1 and to join the Summit, and they've applied for, from what I could tell, applied to be a uh, pioneer school for football. There's a lot of, obviously They have, obviously, hockey as well as football, kind of like UND does, of course, so a lot of parts that are still in motion. That's exciting news. I think the conference had been kind of looking for that 10th team with the news that Fort Wayne was leaving. So even though KC's coming in, you're still going to be at 9 next season. Now you get another team in the geographic footprint that seems to make sense, really, seems to check a lot of those boxes.
1: Yeah, so the, today, as it stands, the NCAA, um, you cannot go from Division three to Division one. That is not— um, Uh, you you actually literally have to go from three to two to one. That's Mm. at least what the bylaws say right now. They have some extenuating circumstances. A little bit. A little bit. And so, so, but there is work to be done for sure. So I think a couple things need to happen. One... They needed, a, a, I'll call it, a sponsor, if you will, or support from a conference that was willing to potentially accept them. Mm-hmm. And then still, there needs to be a waiver in this unique circumstance to then go from just three to one. If that, if that's the case, um, the idea is to get them in for twenty-one, and that does get us to even numbers. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I in thinking about this, truly, I, I, I'm just a fan of even. I used to be a fan of ten but that was i think shortsighted i mean m- maybe it's 12 mm-hmm. i just as long as it's even yeah. and because uh, the other thought with even if you went to say 12 all of our other sports, you, there's a minimum amount of uh, teams that you need to make sure that you have an automatic qualifier, mm-hmm. and that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't know. So, you know, I, I would say broadly, I think you're always going to have to make sure that you're looking at the landscape and and always discussing membership to some degree. So, so anyways, all that to be said. Um, yeah, it seems like a decent fit. I, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't know a whole lot about Saint Thomas um, and in and, and kind of why why would we because it really you're not in the same area code today Mm -hmm. but it seems like from a geographical standpoint and a lot of other things seems like it could be a pretty good fit so uh so we're excited about that but again um still need some things to to go on in indianapolis the division one council meets uh mid-october and so that's when the group that has to hear this waiver is going to at least discuss it, hmm. and then I'm not quite sure how that works from there.
0: Yeah, so definitely a stay-tuned type thing. Nothing yeah. nothing in stone I don't think by any stretch. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's an official uh, it, until you hear um, from, uh, from that group. Uh, uh, it's like the strategic vision uh, hmm. subcommittee that needs to uh, hear it. And Justin Sell is from South Dakota State, athletic director, is our representative um, with the Summit League at the council meetings and so he'll go in i'm sure and discuss uh saint thomas uh to that um to that group and uh but again yeah that was kind of a presidential uh decision for sure obviously the presidents run the conference and uh and so they obviously felt as if saint thomas was a uh would be a good member and a good fit and so we're excited uh hopefully to get to even numbers
0: yeah that's the goal and that's i think when everybody heard the news at least from a Summit League perspective, there was a lot of excitement, and I think a lot of surprise. I think when St. Thomas was (laughs) voted out of the MIAC for being too good, there were a lot of, you know, hey, well, maybe the NSIC, or can you go D2, or what are you going to do? And I don't think anybody really – I I hadn't seen anything of them moving all the way up, because that is a big jump, you know, D3, non-scholarship, making the switch to D1. But if there was a school that could do it, this is a school that has – plenty of resources, certainly both financial and otherwise, and a big alumni base and a great student enrollment, and obviously in the, the Twin Cities. There's a lot of things that it, it has going for it. It's purple, which is a great, great color. We don't have a purple school other than Western Illinois in the conference. It's good. That's Why it. Not?
1: That's it. Well, they, they, um, <laughs> w- w- you know, and we talked at pre-pod a little bit as well, is the uh, the thing that they've got to obviously juggle as well is uh, multiple conference uh, conversations. So the summit is one piece of the puzzle for their all of kind of their multi-sport conference. But obviously they've got football and hockey as well. So they're going to have to figure that out.
0: Yeah, we'll certainly stay tuned. And as Bill said, so a m- couple weeks from now, when the NCAA meets as a whole t- to discuss some of these things, maybe we'll have a little more information, but that's exciting stuff uh, moving forward. I know around here, we're in Sioux Falls. Augustana was a school that people kind of pegged as, now well, maybe that's going to be the 10th the school, but this-, this move does not necessarily mean that, hey, we're never going to, they're never going to make that transition or, because like you said, Things change so quick in yeah. this conference ne- alignment deal. You just don't know what's going to You never say next. never.
1: I, I, I'd i say that. And I, I think that we're only doing ourselves, uh, you know, uh, we have to keep monitoring kind of where people are, uh, you know, where schools are from a membership standpoint. and uh, But what we want to be is as, as solid as possible moving forward. Uh, and um, this at least gets us, I think, going in the right direction. But, you know, I'm sure we'll continue. You know, I I read a quote that Justin had, and he's been in the league a lot longer than I have. Obviously, he's been here, uh, you know, over a decade. And, you know, there's always constant conversation over the last seven years about membership. And I think that will continue on. Yeah. I think, I, I don't think that will ever change, to tell you the truth. And so, and honestly, with the whole NIL thing that's kind of going on, uh, you know, who knows how that potentially can play into, uh, uh, you know, conference uh, realignment to some degree. And again, I'm not connecting those dots per se, but as we uh, discussed last week to some degree, I I do think, and again, not, not the sky is falling by any stretch, but there just could be structural changes in, 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 Uh, collegiate athletics there could be Mm -hmm. and now there may not be as well but uh but i think we have to be open to um to it being different uh potentially uh than it was say five ten maybe five even five months ago if you will (laughs) truly
0: it's an ever-evolving landscape
1: isn't it it is it is but anyways exciting news
0: yeah certainly well watch this space for more on that in, in the weeks and months to come Um, anything else by the way on SAP for Summit League stuff today obviously busy busy couple days
1: yeah you know administratively we'll we'll talk you know um uh, about potentially, probably, what what would happen when uh, we do even out, uh, and, and what that would do, maybe to schedules. I would assume that's part of the conversation. Uh, probably, you know, taking the temperature on some of the stuff that's happening nationally, and uh, and uh, you know, many conferences meet twice a year. They they meet in the fall, and uh, it's it you, you get so the cycle for uh, putting proposals or rule changes in uh, it, it starts really kind of in November, and then it gets vetted out. So if you wanted to submit something, you would have that conversation now and then eventually would get voted on either in January or or later on after the new year. And so anyways, so it, long story short, it's good touch base. You kind of get in and uh, see where everybody's at and you just kind of, you know, discuss various administrative things that are going on.
0: What is the temperature like in these meetings? Are there different athletic directors that kind of have, I mean, just just in, in terms of the Summit League right now, what have you noticed as far as the personalities in that room? Do some schools maybe come in with, you know, <laughs> a little more aggression in terms of some issues, or most people just kind of on the same page, want what's best for the conference? What have you noticed? Really the collegial.
1: I, I mean, a, a, at the end of it all, I think we all deal with the same things every day. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I would say this, uh, administratively, I don't think you get too high or too low. I mean, I think we all come in with thoughts about certain things that might make sense in a group atmosphere. What are you bringing to that group? And I think we all have the concept of, you know, is this really appropriate for the group or is this kind of a one-off where you can just, you know, deal with some things? You know, as we discussed about when we deep dived a little bit into the uh, basketball scheduling, you know, we've mentioned, and and, and Commissioner Dupel is is trying to figure it out with the horizon, Um, you know, we initially had um, thought about figuring on who and uh where those games would be at the end of the basketball season but i think even in discussing it yesterday he's trying to push right now to figure that out now and so those are kind of the opportunities and you get to do it face to face there's Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for good old-fashioned face to face you know and uh um you know you can see you know folks is uh Uh, in a a sense, ability to uh, be passionate about something, or sometimes you just let things roll, so to speak, and everyone has their own... You know thoughts about what uh, interests them at this point in time. Yeah.
0: So you're telling me that Trev Alberts has never threatened Matt Larson or there's not been Justin Sell and David Herbster aren't going to blows. It's, no, it's pretty boring. No, huh? just,
1: and, and at 5'8", like me, I have to be careful. I just stay, I stay in the weeds a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, I mean we got some big ADs in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. holy cow, yeah. you know, Herbster can post you up yep. and, you yeah. know, and, and Sell's a pretty big guy and Trev, I mean, holy cow. So uh, you know, I just, I, I always kind of make sure i'm in the corner with my back to the corner you know so i can i can survey the room yeah let's talk homecoming
0: yeah moving the page from summit league meetings to a really busy week last week in grand forks I, I, we talked about it at the beginning, a very successful couple days for UND Athletics, really starting back on Thursday, if you want to go in chronological order, the women's soccer team winning a thriller over South Dakota, penalty kicks and late-minute drama. You couldn't really ask for much more in a great rivalry game between South Dakota and North Dakota.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, giving up the, the penalty, what, in about the 88th minute? 88th, yeah. 88th minute, and then coming back just a minute later and in, uh, in finishing, uh, finishing the match off was kind of cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know... Um, You know we're in the we're in the hunt we're in the mix I think uh, on the soccer side obviously uh, lost a tough one in Brookings yesterday Uh, South Dakota State's pretty good so but um, you know I thought played pretty well for a half and so uh, um, you know we just got to keep our head down and keep uh, keep grinding and try to get to the uh, try to get to the Summit uh, League uh, tournament because. It, literally anything can happen in that sport, literally, yeah. as we as we know. And so, uh, um, so yeah, that was an exciting way to start homecoming.
0: Yeah, all about being in top four. That that win over right. USD gives North Dakota a priceless three points. And we always talk about how when you transition to conference season, you know it's a new season. But unlike hoops, you know, soccer, you're only playing everybody once. And it's only eight games to determine your fate, three points for a win, one for a tie, nothing for a loss. And if you get to the top four and you make the tournament, like you said – that's your gateway to the NCAA's, and that's something North Dakota hasn't been able to taste before. So, big three points at home. Chris Logan always talks about win your home games. Yep. Maybe try and get something out of the road ones. Yep. So so far so good. <laughs> yeah, Denver. and
1: you know I I think and it, it it's not uh it's not an overstatement. It, it, it's uh, boy scoring first. Gives you a, just a chance, yeah. you know, and uh, it's so incredibly uh, important to do that. And so uh, I talked to Chris after the match on Thursday, Friday morning, and he thought that was the key in Brookings. If we could have found a way yeah. to score first, and kn- knowing how good they are, and and, and obviously they're at home, but um, obviously that didn't occur. And so, uh, you know, so you didn't get anything, but get the, get the all-important three because getting the one – that, that would have been difficult, so to speak, but boy, three makes a difference.
0: Yeah, certainly. So now... Three points in the bag after two games. UND will head to the road. uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne on Thursday. An undefeated Western Illinois team on Sunday in Macomb, which is a bit of a surprise. Western has not been very good in recent years, but playing well at the start of this season. But again, two good opportunities on the road to pick up points and keep things rolling early on in the Summit League season. Uh, Volleyball, similar story. After a road trip that that was fruitless the week before in the Summit League, they come home and get a big win over Western on Friday, 3-1, and looked really good doing it in front of a good home crowd Friday afternoon. Couldn't follow it up with the win on Sunday, much like soccer but again just to get that one that first summit league win really big for Jeremiah Yeah it
1: was and uh you know we kind of got off uh, you, you always want to get that first W in the in the league and so so getting that done obviously on Friday uh was was huge and uh yeah we just got to keep getting better with that that uh, that group um we we are uh I, and I, I don't want to use the term necessarily younger, but we're, we just were a bit inexperienced uh, in, in a lot of different positions. And so there's only one way to get experience, right, is to go play. And so uh, so we've just got to keep grinding and, uh, and, and, and figure some things out moving forward.
0: Just an observation. So Friday's game against Western was the first time I'd seen our girls play in, in person. Obviously yep. they've been on the road for the majority of the season. I have never seen such a boisterous – like physically boisterous group when they get a point. Mm-hmm. And in that fourth set when they were trying to close things out, and it was re- – Lexi Aarons, more than anyone who was a sophomore hitter from Virginia, Minnesota up in the Iron Range, is just, you know, has kind of that personality, but she would get a kill. And she's putting people in headlocks. And it just – it was really fun to see how fired up they were. And they wanted that first semi-league win bad, and it was, it was great to see.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it, there's something to be said just uh, uh, to play with uh... – Passion and uh enjoy that's the word yeah right yeah mm-hmm. and and there's something to be said for that, and i I think in that sport, for sure, because of the way it goes, like points end, you know it's not free flowing mm-hmm. so so it's a little bit different, you can get a little bit more um excited yeah and and i you know what I want our teams excited, they should be it's it's fun, yeah. It's college athletics,
0: exactly. I, I loved their energy. They were they were really a lot of fun to watch. So when you get the chance, uh, in two weeks, well, actually they'll be they'll be home on Friday. Excuse me, Friday against Denver at three o'clock. Come out and support those ladies. They go to South Dakota State on Sunday at one to finish up their week in Summit League play. Uh, from volleyball on Friday to an incredible football game on Saturday. What a homecoming event! UND takes on the number twelve team in the country, UC Davis, who had been ranked as high as four just the week previous, and really, I mean. Dominated the game for long stretches. Davis punched their way back in it. It was a great back and forth ending. 38 uh, 36, of course, the final. Brady Leach, the hero, with a, a career long 46 yard field goal with under a minute to play. Uh, what a football game, Bill.
1: Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, it was one of those uh, certainly, um, if you had uh, heart medication, you probably <laughs> needed to take it. And, uh, you know, for, for folks, um, but yeah, you know, we it seemed like we were in control and give davis credit they found a way obviously on the faked uh fake uh fake uh, punt, fake yeah, punt, fake punt was huge yeah. mm-hmm. um and then made a couple fourth downs and just it it, it just had that feel like you just knew it was going to come down to the last minute you right i mean it just there there was just that's the way that game was going to go and that someone was going to make a play and like like all football games to some degree, you end up having to make a stop. And, you know, I mean, no different than Sam Houston had to make a stop. Mm -hmm. And then we figured out and it was interesting. And I, I appreciate what coach Hawkins said. um, You know, post game was, it's kind of on him that, that delay of game was huge. And, uh, you know, and that's what happens. Sometimes in the heat of the moment, things just occur, and it put them in a position to have to go back onto the field and try to make a first down. And uh, and obviously, uh, you know, we we made a play and uh, got out of there with a win. And uh, it's huge. I mean, three and two after the first five weeks. And and I know Eastern, uh, you know, hasn't been playing as well as uh, maybe uh, folks thought, but they're still going to win some games at home. I, I, I my guess is they're still going to win games. Period. But um, they'll figure things out, and I think a number of these uh, schools that uh, we've we've beaten, uh, you know, UC Davis is going to win games. Uh, Sam Houston is winning games. They haven't lost
0: yet outside of the UND game and New Mexico, of course. That's right, and they're beating good teams in the Southland as well.
1: Yeah, and so it's kind of you know it's kind of set up for us that. Um, you know, we've got six left and, uh, they're all, you know, tests for, for a variety of reasons. You go on the road, it's never easy. And, you know, go to Idaho state who obviously came to Grand Forks last year and, and found a way to, uh, you know, uh, win that game. And it was kind of a weird game. That was one of those it that it could have gone up three scores, f- fumbled on maybe the one mm-hmm. they take it, they take it back in like three plays. Right. The, yeah. mm-hmm. It was like quick. Yep, yeah, It was. And uh, those Geller
0: brothers. Isn't that crazy?
1: I mean, it was just a, uh, you know, it was a weird game in in that regard. And that's why you just never know how it's all going to play itself out. But I know our guys have to be uh, excited about going, uh, you know, to Pocatello this week. And, uh, you know, we'll figure that one out. They got off to a good start against Montana, but then Montana got it rolling.
0: Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, put up 59, 59. on the 59. Yeah, yeah, so um, in a game that Idaho State led. Yeah, 17 nothing early on in that contest. So that's a, a big test, like you said, on the road for UND. Two o'clock Central Time start in Pocatello at Holt Arena. Uh, right now, like, and you mentioned it, three and two at this point with. Mm-hmm. You know the only two losses were against the two teams that were in the national championship game. Correct. And you've got wins over ranked opponents. It's it sets up really well, and and I think we saw flashes of what this UND team can be on offense. Certainly in the first half, Danny Freund was pushing all the right buttons, and the guys are making plays. You know, obviously UC Davis kind of figured some things out in the second half, but you know the the ceiling is really really high for this UND team. I think we've seen it can they just be consistent over sixty minutes now? That's the only question. That's left. it.
1: and and really, it what's what's kind of exciting about it is uh, I'm not sure either. Uh, any of the phases have really hit their apex right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I it feels like when it, that all potentially all comes together and, and, you know, and you never know, sometimes maybe it never comes together. Right. I, that's part it's, of it. That's yep. but possibility. Mm-hmm. But I, it feels like, you know, if, if we can, you know, it seems like we've done it in nice doses, but we haven't done it over the course of 60 minutes.
0: The next opportunity is coming up. Just a couple of days from now. That's right. In the state of Idaho. So uh, that game will be on Pluto TV again, 2 o'clock Central Time against Idaho State.
1: Because at the end of it all, and again, and I, I, in, in not it, the other team is obviously adjusting along the way too yes you know and so so some of it you know we always look at it through the lens of probably our lens, but the other team is is obviously coming in seeing things that we're you know maybe um, either flawed in or they can expose based on their roster. And so you know the, that's the challenge in almost the chess match that it's it's yeah. interesting it's almost like two games right you get the you get the uh, the lead up to it and then you have to adjust In game and certainly at halftime to figure some things out. And so, yeah, I I mean, every game's its own journey, so to speak. But the next two weekends uh, are huge on the road. And, uh, you know, you almost have to take them in chunks right now. So we've got six-game season left, and you kind of take them in maybe two-game chunks in a sense.
0: Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah. Because it is two-road, you know, Idaho State this coming Mm -hmm. week and then Cal Poly after that little trip to San Luis Obispo. And then a big home game against Montana State, and then on the road at Weber, and then you finish up with home games against Northern Colorado and Southern Utah. That's so right. It is this kind of segmented, away away, home away.
1: Yep. Home home. home. And and you're kind of looking at it and with, you... a,
0: with a buy sunk in there as well. By the way, between oh, yes. that Montana State, Weber which
1: I State. do think that's
0: sneaky good. It's a great spot for it. Right before, right after Montana State, right before Weber, I believe that's yes. Yeah.
1: So, so really, we end up going. I guess maybe we should be taking it, maybe in two threes. <laughs> I, but but I do like the two two two. I but but the two threes. Yes, it gives our 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 guys just another week where you can tap the brakes and, and kind of revitalize. So uh, it, it's exciting. It really is. And like I said, I I don't get too caught up in the in the polls and all that stuff. I it, all of it will flush itself out yeah. if as long as you keep playing well.
0: Yeah. Although you would expect again, the polls did not come out. We're taping this again early on Monday morning because of all the summer league stuff going on today. But when they do come out later today. You would kind of think you would be getting a little bit of love. You would think that'd be the case. But again, even if they don't, even if people are still just going to put blinders on, I think everybody around here knows how good that team is and how good uh, good they could be.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And again, I, I, I as long as um, the regional committee and the national committee is tracking, and obviously they are, um, we just have to take continue to take care of business yeah. and, and let let the record you know play itself out. But yeah, we started from way back, yeah. like it's some sometimes like from nothing really. I mean, early on, I think we maybe maybe we're getting a vote. I think we got a vote in that a, first poll. A yeah. vote. Mm. So thank you, whomever that was. Thank you. <laughs> Send you a card, give you a little thank you note. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Mm -hmm. A little something Mm -hmm. for the effort, right?
0: It's that literally that nobody (laughs) believes in us. Well, one person did, I guess, from the outside, but that was it. Nah, we love and that. And we
1: love that one it's, person. It's the best. Yeah. We're going to get that person on the pod.
0: <laughs> we are. We'll cast a we'll cast a wide net. To we all, are however many four hundred voters, however many there are in the coast. I'm Garden. sure all and, uh, those
1: voters are listening to the I, pod. I
0: guarantee they and they're listening all the way to the end. Guaranteed. You, you got that there's right. A lot of B side fans out there. That's right. The stats FCS uh, poll crew. <laughs> Well, uh, I was a great win for football. Um, cross country not on the schedule this weekend. Yep. The chance to kind of rest up. They've got a home meet coming up on October the nineteenth. The Ron Pin on the way, with a little bit of a break and a lot of training going on. We had a chance to sit down with Christine Engel, the new head women's and men's cross country and track and field coach. A lot of titles for Christine, uh, and she was a delight. Let's have a chance to listen to that conversation with Christine from the other day. Now excited to be joined by Christine Engel today on the podcast. Uh, Christine, we were just talking about. You know, getting settled in Grand Forks, and this is kind of the first time you've lived in this part of the country. What are your first impressions is, of North Dakota and the Upper Midwest? Yeah,
2: I've, uh, I've had some stints on the East Coast and West Coast, and, uh, you know, my first go-around in the Midwest, and uh, got here in, uh, you know, middle of June. Um, so I've been adjusting, had a few months here, and absolutely loving Grand Forks, loving, uh, you know, getting adjusted to the job here at UND, and... Uh, you know, it's getting a little bit colder here, but <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to be uh, be prepared. I've I've uh, gotten some uh, good Adidas gear, but no, everything. The transition's been super smooth. Yeah, it's just layers, right? It's just about yeah. being smart, layering up, staying indoors. It's, it's, it's just great.
1: looking at the weather forecast. Yeah, <laughs> being <Right>? prepared. <laughs> Sometimes bringing an umbrella. Yes. Yeah. So. You kind of in the in, I guess uh, you would say from like a basketball parlance, you moved over six inches on the bench, right? From like an associate head coach to yes. a head coach yes. of the whole entire program. Yeah. Certainly, you've done that from a cross country standpoint. Absolutely. How's the how's that transition, been?
2: It's good. Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, you know, excited about the staff I had uh, have uh, you know Drew Jones and Dan McCarty from uh, you know kept them on from the the former staff and then uh, hiring Kale Wallace and uh, so the staff right now is is complete and and I think um it's it's been great very cohesive I think we've got good communication among the staff which is uh, a huge huge thing in, in coaching for sure um especially having you know over 80 athletes um so I think it starts with having, having good staff, having the trust within, within each other, good open lines of communication. And um, so that's been great. But, um, yeah, I think having been, you know, a head cross-country coach for um, 12 years, um, you know, definitely has, has kind of helped me with the transition. You know, I've, I've been in charge of budgets and travel and, and all of that. So now it's just at a, at a bigger scale, at a bigger scale.
0: Yeah, you would think that would set you up for success being able to kind of do i all hope so those roles. yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> yeah absolutely
2: absolutely um
0: you just for people that don't know your background you obviously were an outstanding high school runner in the state of new jersey and then had great success at clemson and yes. then, as you said have made a lot of well yes. a lot of successful stops along the way at Thank elon you. and duke yep. and then fresno state um, what about North Dakota? What about this particular spot interested you? Why was this the right move for you? Yeah,
2: for sure. I, I think I was definitely at a point in my career where um, there was a, an interest in being a head coach of a whole program. So that was definitely something that was in my mind. Um, I wasn't looking just to go anywhere um, when the opportunity here at, at North Dakota um, came up, it definitely piqued my interest. I, I did some research, and you know, obviously, it's an a- an excellent academic institution with um, such a great variety of of majors and graduate programs, and and certainly track and field, cross country athletes. Um, that's that's a big deal. In, in you know my 15 years recruiting, um, you know student athletes, um, our sport is very high in the academic side, and that's yeah. something that they they very much look for in in a university is is the academic component. So first and foremost, that that was exciting, and then looking at. The facility, certainly the, the high performance center with the indoor track, um, you know, it's definitely one of the best facilities in the United States for sure. And so that was that was exciting. And then you know, obviously talking with with Bill and and the administration, I felt like there was uh, a big commitment to really elevate the program. And um, you know, from uh, you know a resource standpoint, and and you know, you want to go somewhere where you feel like you're going to have the support. Um, you know, and, and I definitely felt like that was going to be here when I came up on the interview. It was just felt like such a welcoming place um, here at the university. And, and uh, you know, I really thought Grand Forks in general was really cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it I felt like, it, you know, from, a, from a, um, a town standpoint and the downtown and the greenway, um, I just felt like it was a place I could see myself living um, as well as, as coaching.
1: That's yeah. great. So so from a vision standpoint, obviously, it, I'm sure it starts with the recruiting. How yeah. has it been kind of coming into a different part of the country? Obviously, you've got a wealth of experience yeah. in the recruiting front, but yeah. how has that been? Yeah,
2: I think, you know, wherever you coach, there's there's things that um, are different about each, you know, college or university. And so you really have to get to know the things that are going to be our strengths here at North Dakota and and really um, kind of lead with that. And, and certainly being a new coach, you try and, you know, lead with uh, when you're recruiting athletes with your your successes and your history and what you can bring to this program so um, but yeah I think you know obviously there's a huge amount um, of talent um, with high school athletes in the Midwest um, so we're, we're certainly um, looking for looking at a lot of Midwest um, high school athletes to recruit and then obviously you know we kind of go beyond that as well but there's uh, there's a lot of talent you know we've been hitting up some uh, some meets and, and talking to to um, you know, coaches and, and athletes in the area that um, you know we're trying to get excited about where we see the future of the program going.
0: Yeah, and that's a good segue because obviously with cross country, there are some meets like the Roy Griac that you yeah. were just at in Minneapolis. Yep. It's a high school meet and a college meet, it and is. it's kids from all, kind of all across the Midwest and all across the country. Absolutely. How much do you balance as a coach? paying attention to these high school meets and yeah. kind of maybe making little mental notes like, oh, that was a good time from that young lady. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. Versus trying to teach up your own kids, too, and kind of get them prepared for the Absolutely, yeah.
2: Up. No, it, it is it is a balance. You know, obviously you want, um, you know, your, our current team to, to get out there and, and be successful and coaching them. And, um, you know, fortunately, the way the way the GRIAC meet is set up, um, you know, the, the collegiate race uh, races are prior to the high school races. So we kind of get out there and had our work done. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) We were able to focus and kind of compartmentalize a little bit and then um, you know after our our races were done uh, then the high school races began so um, you know there are are meets where they're a little intermittent and that becomes a little more challenging but um, you know we were able to kind of get rolling early and then the high school meets to follow. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: talk about this year's team and uh, yeah. kind of heading towards the Summit League uh, championships. Ab-
2: absolutely. So, it, it's crazy how fast the cross country season goes. Right. Um, yeah. We have um, a home meet in a couple weeks, and then. Um, and then the summit league championships in the very beginning of November. So one more, you know, as I told our team before GRIAC, you know, after GRIAC, we have one more competitive opportunity and then we're in the championship season. So it really rolls. I mean, our, our sport does compete a lot uh, in cross country in a way, a, a lot less than some other sports. We're typically racing every other weekend. Um, so Yeah. Um, you know, we're certainly excited. The last, uh, meet before conference is at, is at home. So our, our team, uh, you know, I think you always, in any sport, um, there's a little more at stake when you kind of are defending your own territory, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, our, our kids are used to training at the, um, the Ray Richards course so I think they'll have a, be, a little bit more extra excitement to um to race and if the first meet in Fargo was any indication we're going to have a ton of fan support um you know that first meet was so exciting to see how many people came um came to uh support uh the cross-country group uh I don't know if we'll have as many um I know our whole throwing squad had a uh, painted their chests it might be a little cooler (laughs) it might be a little cooler in a couple weeks i'm not sure uh yeah (laughs) yeah. i'm not sure coach jones is going to want him to go shirtless uh (laughs) at the temperature it might be at but um you know we're excited for that for sure um You know, and and I think our our thing this season is is, uh, with the current team is getting stronger every week, you know, getting stronger every week, uh, working hard when we need to work hard, recovering when you need to recover, taking care of our bodies and and staying healthy where, you know – as the, the school workload increases throughout a semester, they have to manage their time very well and make sure they're getting um, at least eight hours of sleep every night. That's something we really preach. Um, you know, if you're working really hard at practice, it doesn't matter if you're you're going out and getting four or five hours of sleep, your body isn't recovering. So, um, you know, making all the life choices that can help elevate them each week. But, um, you know, we have, uh, a, it's, a, it's a really good group. They're very, they've been very coachable. Um, work hard we've got some some great captains that are helping with um, the leadership roles and um, yeah we're excited a couple weeks to race we've got um, you know Madison Overby on the women's side who has um, not raced Um, she had a little bit of an injury Um, she's back training now so she'll she'll be in action um, at our home meet and conference etc so we're we're very excited to have her back in the lineup that'll really um, elevate our women's program um, for the end of the season
0: See, she's a, a yep. great name. Hannah Oskerson is set up. Hannah has season two. We've yep. talked about Hannah probably yeah. like, on a weekly basis on this podcast. Absolutely. When you think about you know, on the women's side, and you can talk about the men as well. For sure, what are some realistic goals now with these two teams left going into conference? What, what would you like to see happening?
2: Fargo, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, like I said, we want to keep getting better. You know, at our at our home meet, um, you know, obviously, adding like I said, adding Madison into the mix with with Hannah up front is going to be real exciting. Um, we want to close the gap. You know, in cross country five-athletes score, Um, so, you know, we really look at what our gap is from one to five and, and kind of look at where we are from meet to meet with that and so we want to we definitely need to tighten that up on both sides um you know especially on the men's side we've had um you know Luke Labat, who's a freshman and, and running quite well um but after him we have um a, a bigger gap than than uh than is necessary <laughs> that we need so we're we're really trying to tighten that up and and uh you know the goal is obviously the perfect storm to have you know your five or seven runners um all running their best on the same day and so hopefully as a coach you can have everyone healthy and and uh, primed and ready to go and peaked for the right time. So that's certainly the goal when we hit the the Summit League Championship is to have everyone fired up, healthy, and uh, performing their best. Like I said, on the perfect storm on on the championship day. So.
1: Well, we're excited about having you here in Grand Forks and what's uh, what's, more, what's 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 more, to come, really, I mean, at the yeah. end of the day. And so, uh, again, uh, I know uh, Fargo's not just a, a couple weeks away, so it should be exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's going to go quickly. Yeah,
0: and what really is fun, too, I mean, once that ends, indoor season is not that far off, and you no. really do start to ramp up the track side of things. And that'll Absolutely. be, obviously, a big, you know, another fun challenge for you now to take Absolutely. over this additional umbrella. Yeah. When you think about that and how there is that quick transition, how do you kind of compartmentalize and
2: for sure put
0: one thing behind and now sort of gear up (laughs) obviously with some of the same kids but then gear up for the track season that's coming yeah
2: you know I always say you know when you're you know as a coach when you're um you know competing um you know, in cross country, you've got to focus on that, and and obviously have great assistance, Coach Jones and Coach McCarty, who've um, are doing great job with you know their event groups. Um, but yeah, once we shift gears, it's full on in track season, and we host meets, so it's it's covering a whole new territory. But. You know, I'm a huge fan of all the events and and uh, you know, kind of the, the the chaos of track and field, if you will. <laughs> you know, cross country, it's it's one men's race, one women's race, and you're done for the day. And and uh, you know, track, it's it's uh, you know either a full day or a two day meet. And um, you know, there's always something exciting, uh, you know, around the bend or you know in in the field. So we're uh, you know, it's uh, you know, as a coach, it's managing um, you know all the events, make sure that. Um, each person and each event group is getting what they need to be successful on, on meet day. So we're, um, cross that bridge. We've got a little bit of cross country to go, but, um, it's only October. I'm know, sorry for putting no, you on the no, on the spot no, no.
0: <laughs> Big fan of Christine Engel. She was really fun to chat with. You could you could tell uh, a woman who loves life and loves the sport of cross-country and track and field. And just, I think, really loves working with young people. This is really yeah. a passion of hers. It was pretty easy to tell why she was your choice, why she would, by the committee, decided, hey, this is someone who's going to lead our program know in, in the right direction
1: yeah you know she was a little under the weather too I felt bad for her. Uh, oh, wow. and so you got you, an you, un, you got know, you yeah. got an under the weather Christine so uh, um, and uh, but she has been um, really fun to be around and uh, you know really respectful of what uh, coach Galbraith and coach clay uh, was able to do over the course of time and uh, and so uh, we're excited to have her really and uh, she's gonna she already is bringing just a different you know level of energy like you would i mean when you kind of change some things over so it's exciting to have her on board
0: yeah so they have a home meet again coming up october the 19th and then it's the summit league championships just a couple of weeks after that in fargo so a couple opportunities locally to support the uh, the harriers for und here on the way anything else from a north dakota athletics perspective bill you want to chat on hockey oh of course oh my gosh hockey there was so much going on this weekend i'm I, I it's was a, there for that. I don't even know. Yes, there, you are. Just you
1: looked great on the, on the video board. My
0: head has never been so big. It was.
1: Literally, <laughs> right? It, I, it, it was awesome, wasn't it?
0: It was pretty cool. I,
1: and Thank you, you to know. everyone who, who, who showed um, the last time we sold out an exhibition game was after we won the national mm-hmm. title. And so uh, um, kind of exciting that uh, that's the case. And I I thought our guys did a nice job, um, you know, in comparison to maybe last year where um, and that's hard not to kind of make some comparisons to some degree. But after I think Manitoba scored that goal in a weird way, it was good for us because it got us almost into gear. That's what you were saying pre-pod.
0: Yeah, it felt that way. Not that they played poorly in the opening 15 minutes, but it was just, you know, kind of figuring things out, getting the chemistry down with some of the lines that had been set out there, getting back up to the speed of play, of, of taking on an opponent, obviously, and UND only, right now, again, NCAA rules really limit what our coaches can do. I think it's just four hours a week, so you don't get a ton of time to spend with your guys. But after those first 15 minutes, Manitoba scores that goal, boom, UND sparks into life, gets three in the final five minutes of the first period. Power play was great all night. I think they finished three of seven, but I mean, that's, you know, Nearly 50% really clicking at a high rate after being under 15% the year before. Yep. Young guys looked good. Veteran guys looked like they took a step. Even a guy like Weston Mashad who graduate transferred in from Colorado College. He looked great, was active. I mean, looked like a guy that had been playing in a UND uniform for a long time. Yeah, I think a lot of those boxes. And everybody was healthy too. Nobody got banged up. No, Goaltending was good. I think you got to be pretty happy if your Bradbury move. Yeah, through. I think
1: so. I think it, it, it probably checked the boxes you wanted to, and now you head into uh, a weekend uh, against Canisius, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I, it w- I it'll be interesting uh, how our guys respond off of uh, this particular um, victory. But I know this; I think there's a lot of competition within that room right now, yeah. and so there, there's going to be. Some really, really talented players that are unfortunately are, are not going to be able to dress just because of health. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if everyone's healthy, you can only have X amount of players. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, tough choices
0: for the staff. Tough choices. Sure. Yep. Sure. Um, this team. Yeah, as you said, moves on now. Regular season play gets started on Friday night, 7.30 against Canisius, a team that we don't need to talk about this, obviously, but that was the game, the the series in Buffalo last year. UND remembers, and the guys all talked about how they've gotten this. They've been waiting for this for a while, so expect a big effort coming up this weekend. Two important non-conference games against an Atlantic hockey opponent that's, again, not supposed to be very good this year, but that doesn't matter when you take the ice sometimes, so great opportunity. I do want to ask you again really quick. When you walk into the arena, and we've both been in the Ralph, and we've talked about this on the pod since the center hung has been installed and since the lights have been changed to these new LEDs and since the facial ring has been updated, all the changes, but it was different with fans in the seats and different when there were guys on the ice and you get the full experience what were your impressions of how the Ralph looked?
1: Yeah, it, it's just gorgeous, really is. And I, I can't thank, uh, you know, the Engelstadt family enough and, uh, you know, our REA board and, and Jody's crew and and, and Charlie and uh, Mike Bergeron and everyone over there um, has done just a phenomenal job. And, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, if you think about the experience and that's what we have to be um, thinking through, like, how do you provide that in-game in-person experience and I'm not sure you're going to have a better uh, a better uh, opportunity to watch you know hockey if you love that sport in an environment that is really second to none literally I, probably in the world
0: I wouldn't I mean I've been to I've been to a lot of events you have too. I mean, this is this is on the first page. This is pretty high up on the list, I yep. would say, in terms of fan experience. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I
1: think that board, uh, although it's the largest in college hockey, it's the largest board per seating yeah. in, in in I think the country. And so, uh, just it's it's amazing. It really is, and it does add. To the experience, I mean, it's you know we we called it a fan experience initiative, and it's exactly what it is. So it, it was exciting. So you know, all that to be said should be fun this weekend. Uh, you know, Canisius coming, and and yeah, I, you know, last year was last year. I you know we we've got to figure out this team's got to figure out its own identity for this year. And yes, the the first two are Canisius, and you know, away we go. Yeah,
0: here we go. Yep. Friday at seven thirty. Saturday at seven. Get out there in person. Obviously, it's going to be sold out. Everybody's. This is a hot, hot ticket to go see this team and see this experience. If yeah. You can't, if you can't get in, obviously the game is around mid-COSN, But my staff, do your best to get out.
1: My staff likes to tease me because I say seven, uh, you know, at some point, and they just want to just ultimately correct me to seven o seven. Just at seven o seven. So you know, and so I, and as I like to say, well, you get there at seven, yeah. you're still going to see the puck seven minutes later. So can I say seven? <laughs>
0: i love it we say seven because that's when our coverage starts actually our coverage starts at six our coverage starts a half hour before but yeah I, I can see from a from an op standpoint 707
1: oh yeah like eric martinson yeah. just right right in my stuff everybody gets there at
0: six anyway everybody's there an hour before like the second the doors open everybody's inside
1: that's right come on that's right excited about the upcoming week and uh i think we can flip
0: Let's do it. Um, it'd be a short B-side this week, um, depending on how long you want to talk about.
1: There's I mean, not much to be said. What are you going to talk about? I'm going
0: to read you the headlines.
1: Let's go. From Spurs week. Let's okay. go. Yep. Let's go.
0: Headline number one. Yep. Serge Gnabry scores four in brutal Bayern's 7-2 humiliation of Tottenham. Yep. Headline number two. <laughs> I'm so glad I looked these up. Mauricio Pochettino and his broken Spurs hit yep. their lowest ebb. Perfect. Which one do you feel? Well. How do how do you how do you uh, Hm What are your what are your thoughts on a Monday morning after two pretty bad Spurs and we've had a couple tough Spurs results over the course of this season, but seven two in the Champions League and then three nothing
1: against Brighton. Yeah, wow! It, uh, it's a t- it's it's a team that is um you'd want to play him right now. Mm it's just they are uh they are not rowing in the same direction. Yeah. And so I don't know what, what's gonna happen. I you know, it it from what I gather and you followed it a lot longer than I have, but this is kind of the time frame where managers get changed out, don't yeah. they? Yeah, this is and, yeah. weirdly. And and it's like I, I love Potch. I think he's great. And uh and and just but somewhere along the line, you know, maybe it's just his shelf life there, it's better for everyone if you go in a different direction. It's, it seems in that direction. But, but here's the problem with that club right now, truly, is they've got guys that are like contracts are coming to the end. And they're, they're all walking in, it feels like, on their own agenda and worried about their own deal. And uh, that's not good when you, you got 11 guys on the field. I, I, it really isn't. And they're just the, – the, the, the problem with them right now more than anything, and I thought uh, Robbie uh, Musto said it pretty well after you know one, one of the last – they've just kind of given up. Mm. I mean, they, they, Brighton. I think outshot him too. I mean, it was, yeah, it was not good. A, it
0: wasn't a fluke three zero. It wasn't no. like they were the only three shots on goal. Although the
1: first goal was kind of well, weird. Poor,
0: poor Hugo Lloris. Yeah, that was.
1: He had a couple poor yeah. Hugo Lurices. And now, now he's injured. I, mean, I know. I don't. Yeah. I think I don't know what his issue is. Yeah. Was an arm or something, something like that? Yeah. yeah. He
0: fell backwards into the net and then just the ball just kind of came. Three minutes there. in. Yeah.
1: Three minutes in and he's being stretchered off. Yeah. I mean, so, so all that to be said, and here's a goalie that just won the World Cup. Yeah. So, so you're, you know. It, just odd you know you that that goes to show really um the nature of sport on how chemistry and and, and things have to be going in the right direction. And uh, yeah, they're at the lowest of the low right now, certainly during Pacha's era right now. And so they had, you know, know, weirdly I would say like maybe two years ago, two and a half, whatever, and then last year they had this kind of, we don't have a home mentality, so a chip on their shoulder and they probably, but now they're at home, they're in their palatial uh, grounds, they have all that going and boy i things that's why you play right <laughs> yeah but they just not they're not good right now yeah.
0: And just again, if you're know if you not tracking on this and you're still listening, thank you for still listening. Spurs were a team that people expected to be a solid third. Like they weren't probably quite as good as Man nope. City or Liverpool. Yep. But they were considerably better than the Chelsea's and the Man United's and the Everton's and the Arsenal, everybody else. There was supposed to be a pretty clear gap. They were expected to compete yep. this year to be a clear-cut Champions League team. Obviously, they made the Champions League final last year and then reinvested in the squad. This is such a surprise. I think that's the big thing. A lot of young, it's not like the team got old overnight. These are all guys still in their prime. But like you said, there's such a delicate balance when you're dealing with all of these individuals with seemingly different agendas. And it seems like Potch has kind of lost the plot and the guys are doing their own thing and freelancing. And it's, you know, I I think it feels like it's coming to an end, doesn't
1: it? Weirdly, you know what's kind of caught up, it feels like, is. He'd been pretty outspoken about even kind of his future and whether or not yes. it's it, it's in North London. Well, and even before
0: the Champions League final, he
1: was. I know, and and too. you know what? Eventually, that stuff catches up to you, yeah. and it's it's really caught up to him. Now, all that to be said. It's a long season. Yes. It's I, only October. I mean, oh, my God. So <laughs> so, so they really, really have a chance to kind of turn. They could turn things Certainly. around. I don't know whether they will yeah. or not, but since the calendar turned to 2019, they've not been very good. No. You know, the only bright spots that they had were really kind of the win over Man City and the win over Ajax yes. and then getting to Liverpool. Other than that... They have not been very good. Yeah.
0: Now, admittedly, those are pretty big highs. And, oh, huge. And they made their first year of the Cup final. But, like yeah, like you said, they kind of—the attention certainly turned to the Champions League last year. They kind of stopped paying attention as much to the league. They kind of were a little up and down in form, and that's carried over into this season. And I don't know. Um, you mentioned again, it is a long season. This season goes all the way until the end of May. They've got plenty of opportunity to turn it around. But like you said, coming up, their next fixtures are— Watford, who's a team that is terrible. I mean, but again, that would be another banana peel. For them, this well, th- this
1: might be perfect for Watford. It
0: could be. You just never know. That's coming up on Saturday. Then That's Elton John, go. right? That is Elton John, yes. yes. Yep, this, this is the Elton John, John stand? That's correct. The, the Sir Elton John stands. Got it. Hornets, yes. Perfect. Uh, I saw the movie,
1: his movie. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, Rocketman, yeah. Did you see it? I have not seen it yet, no. It's
1: good. Yeah, okay. I, I recommend it. Okay, good. I, I'm not a big movie guy, but it was good. It was good. All right, yeah, good. Good. Yep. Um, they didn't show his stand, though, in the movie.
0: That should have been a big part. They of it. really For didn't.
1: Me that should have been a bigger part. They didn't do much with Watford at all. Like, <laughs> I think zero. <laughs> I think that's a, if, if that's a big you, part of his If life. you're waiting for Watford in that movie, I don't think you're going to – you're not going to be excited. It's, it's not happening. Nope.
0: Not even like a – did you say all the way till the end credits, Bill? Maybe it was like a little teaser thing at the
1: – They probably would need to thank them in. even if they didn't use the footage, right?
0: Oh, man. Uh, so anyway, right Watford on Saturday at home. You host Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League on Tuesday, who's a scary team. And then you get then you get Liverpool on Sunday at Anfield. That's the rest of your month. So, yeah. interesting. Interesting. This better find goes. a way
1: to win the next two.
0: You got you to win the next
1: Can two. lose at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah that, that, losing Everyone's to losing to yeah. them, so that's not a big deal. But at the end of the day, got to find a way to win a couple. I mean, I, it, it, what did Chris Berman always used to say about the Buffalo Bills? They, they, Nobody circles they, they, the wagons. They, 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 they better circle the wagons. <laughs> if they're not circling wagons yeah. right now, I'm not sure what they're doing. So it's not good. No, it's not good. And speaking of circling wagons, the Steelers too. That's another one.
0: Yeah, tough. Since we last potted, you had a dominant win over Cincinnati. It looked great. It felt not like bad. It felt like not bad. Things kind of clicked. Your quarterback. It would
1: have been nice to, to get yesterday.
0: It. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you know a weird game against Baltimore. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Rudolph gets gets literally knocked out. <laughs> literally. Pretty pretty tough shot to the jaw and.
1: And then the cart. Is broke. Yeah, and they that wasn't they're great. Taking his uh, that wasn't face good. Mask off. It wasn't was just, good.
0: It was tough. The kid. FCS power though. Um, Devlin Hodges Hodges from Sanford comes in. Yeah. Looks okay against a pretty good Baltimore I team. I think.
1: He, I think he's. Um. Real, I think he's really sneaky good, and I. I think he'll be fine. I. He. You know, they traded Dobbs. Uh. Um. Yeah. It, it, or, right when the season the roster was trimming mm-hmm. down because they really liked Devlin Hodges, yeah. and so. Yeah, you know I it's football I mean you know you're gonna figure out whether or not um you know they have it but in their division uh, I it, it's still winnable. I mean, yeah. Baltimore, you know, got on a run last year. I'm not saying Pittsburgh's going to get on a run, but I, I just think you could still get on a run. So I'm always half class full. Yeah.
0: Tough. Justin Tucker makes two crazy kicks to send it. One's in the he
1: center always center does time, against them. That's, that's He's he never gets. missed a kick against the Steelers.
0: I think at Heinz Field, I think they said he was 26 for 27 in his career, something like that. And that's a miserable place to kick. The wind swirls. The Did you see his last great. kick? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? He said a Guardian Angel just just blew it a little bit to sneak it inside that left upright um, that was crazy the, the great shot is the reverse so behind tucker so it's the shot of yes. him kicking from behind and all the steelers fans are cheering because it looks like it's going wide left including this one yeah
1: <laughs> including this one yeah. it was going that way yeah. and then it just whoop, just snuck in there so tough S- one speaking of that brady's kick was pretty special huh brady's kick was pretty special yeah. I mean, he, 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 and I guess uh, I didn't talk to him afterwards, but I, I think someone had mentioned to me, he said he didn't think he got it all at that mm-hmm. point, but. He got enough of it. I, I wasn't. I, I was at that point in time. I was like on the side, so I couldn't see whether it had it. You know, left or right was good. Yeah. But it looked like the distance was good from from the get go. had
0: plenty of leg. I mean, right yep. right when he kicked it, and we saw him in pregame warm ups, and he was making him from forty five, and then he moved back to fifty. He's got a he's got a big leg. I mean, he's made fifty yarders in practice before, so we knew that. Just getting that accuracy down. He was on the right hash, which was the same hash mark where he missed from 37 earlier in the game that would have put the up two scores, it, just for him and for this team. And we're we're talking to him later today for day by day. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. Yeah, like, be it, interesting. Just uh, just a clutch, clutch kick for a, for a sophomore kid from Moorhead to really lift. Put the, you know, I mean, it, it's the whole deal. It's Ross Henders who's snapping. It's Cade Peterson who's holding. That's right. It's the and it's the whole it's the, the, whole, it's the whole execution. The whole unit really steps up, and then Leach knocks it down and. Yeah, I, yeah, it was it was special. Those are fun. Game I, winning kicks are a lot of
1: fun. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll end this this pod with this. And uh, I was talking to the great Roger Thomas after the game, and as I said to him, you know, obviously we had it the whole way. No no worries, <laughs> um, piece of cake. Uh, but he mentioned to me uh, he always used to say to his teams that when you're dealing with extra points in field goals. The game is about scoring, and those actually—you actually—those are one play, one play drives, so to speak, that actually result in points. And so the execution of it is incredibly important. And, and so sometimes it goes like you—you you don't think in those terms, but how many times do you really score in a game? And those are scoring plays, even though it's only one point or three points. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. I mean, obviously, Roger Thomas obviously is a. I brilliant football minds and had a ton of success leading North Dakota, obviously as a coach and as an athletic director, but that's brilliant. And you don't think of it. I think we take, we take that side of the game for granted and don't put we, I say we, me personally, like, Oh yeah, just an extra point or a field goal, whatever. But yeah, like you said, you win by scoring more points than the other team. And those, and those are an actually
1: actually scoring points. Yeah. And I do, I guess, You need to say it out loud, and I really hadn't thought in those terms. Now, I've also heard other coaches, you know, suggest, forget about sometimes defense and offense. Like, your punt team and kickoffs, those are kind of one-play drives. One play possessions, mm-hmm. and that you've got, you know you so you've got to be buttoned up and those those that literally can be the difference between obviously winning a game that's a fifty fifty ball. Yeah. and that's what Saturday was. and And if you're a good enough team, eventually you're going to get to a place where it is a kind of a toss up, and it's going to be those particular plays that make a difference. Yeah. So good for Brady. I, I, you know you think about it. I'm not sure if there's a position in sport. That is more difficult than that one. Trotting onto the field,
0: it's a pretty lonely place, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of pressure, and it's all on you. And you get one swing of the leg, and that's it.
1: For eleven tests a year, for thirty-three hours during all the preparation comes to one swing of the leg, and and it's and it's it's almost like what we say in uh you know when we have our. you know, post meetings on in debriefs of game day, you can't replicate game day. You know, you can't. Mm-hmm. You, 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 like we talk about, you know, certain things are happening and when Midco plugs in and when all this stuff happens, well, Midco's not plugging in unless it's game day. Yeah. And so you can try to go figure out all the things at the Alera center, but until you get everything in there and people in there and all those things, but, but for Brady, same thing. I mean, he can have all those swings on the, on the driving range, but at the <laughs> end of the day, you're 18th at Augusta. You're either going to Jim Furyk it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah.
0: <sighs> That's a good way to end. Yeah. way I'm, I'm, Really proud of him, really proud of that team. And it's yeah, exciting. They really good stuff. It's so, exciting. Cool. Well we'll see what they can do for another act coming up this week against Idaho State. Best of luck to all of our teams coming up this week. Have fun with the summit league meetings, Bill.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Hey. Thanks. for I, know, here.
1: I know. I know. I'm. I'm wearing the. Uh, I don't know what jersey I'm wearing here, but uh, the away jersey.
0: <laughs> home. You're always home. I'm always You're home. You're always home. Always
1: home. Always the home. pod it's, has it's your to
0: podcast. It's, your name is in the podcast. I guess. I guess, home, I guess it
1: is. But again, we we began it. Well, let's end it. The pod must go on. <laughs> the right. The pod must go oh. on.
0: Amen. Whether rain or sleet.
1: This part. is our mantra. This the is... pod has to go on.
0: <laughs> we promised you a pod in a week. Basis. Bill Chase, <laughs>
1: Awesome.
0: Well, have a great week out. For Bill, YouTube buddy, for Bill Chase for our producer, Cassie Miles I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again for listening. Yes, you have a great week out there, America.